The other person that has certainly gotten a lot of attention in the last 24 hours for passing away is none other than comedian Richard Lewis. I'm a hypochondriac. I'm susceptible to everything known to man. And my doctor called me yesterday and he went, absolutely no phone sex. Okay, you know, and uh, although phone sex is a nightmare for me, I'm in my hotel room in Oklahoma City there. I'm wailing away. I always have this paranoia that the, the woman's like, you know, in a kitchen making a beef goulash while I'm on the phone, you know. <laughs> you know, and I never have an orgasm healthily. I mean, uh, I just, you know, I usually, basically, I just do impressions of other men enjoying themselves, which is sad. <laughs> the best one in the last three years, I do Gleason. <laughs> oh, that's good. That was... Uh, I started getting angry. You got to get in touch with your anger, you know. I started getting, hey, man, I was pissed off. She didn't love me anymore. And I started running out of terms of endearment. It's sad. I, I called her breast mutton Jeff, which was sad, you know. Obviously, I've been seeing a lot of Richard Lewis uh, th- because he's on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, this man was hysterical. Born in Brooklyn, raised in Jersey, um, born to a Jewish family, not especially religious, and someone who has been a fixture in the comedy scene for literally 50 years. He came up in the era of the 70s and 80s, where you saw all, well, 70s really, the 70s New York comedy scene, where you saw all these comics kind of come out of nowhere, and then they dominated the comedy scene for decades in both stand-up specials and, in some cases, getting sitcoms, talk shows, and other things. People like uh, Richard Lewis, people like Larry David, people like Jerry Seinfeld, people like uh, Joe Piscopo, people like Gilbert Gottfried, Billy Crystal, they came to dominate entertainment and comedy for decades. And he was really known for his acerbic sense of humor and he was someone that made whining into an art form also a very good actor obviously when we see him on curb your enthusiasm he's playing a fictionalized version of himself not i don't think it was that fictionalized though by the way but he was excellent you know i'm a mel brooks enthusiast he was excellent in the mel brooks movie robin hood men in tights I be- he plays the prince. I believe the character was Prince John. And he was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal in in that film, which is a funny film. Far from Mel Brooks's best, but a funny one. And what sort of news do you have? Not bad news, is it? You know, I can't take bad news. The day started out so good. I had a good <laughs> night's sleep. I had a good BM. I don't want to hear any bad news. Now, what type of news is it? Well, to be perfectly frank, it's bad. I knew it! I knew it was bad news. Uh, These days, he is uh, best known, as I said, for his roles on Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know, I've been watching him this season, and look, we talked last year when he was diagnosed with Parkinson's, and this is somebody that had been very open in his stand-up act and elsewhere about his battles with drugs, about his battles with alcohol, and just like wrestling, that all takes a toll on your life. You know, there's only so much drugs and alcohol you can do before it plays a role in your health. And he was diagnosed with Parkinson's last year, and he has not looked good on this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And, um, you know, recently there was a reference to his character on Curb um, dying and what he was going to make arrangements for in his will. And the way he looked in that particular episode, he looks sick. And, you know, clearly he was. 
and he had announced his retirement last year after his diagnosis from Parkinson's. But there's no taking anything away from the incredible comedy that he had with Larry David, who is a real-life friend of his. They were born in the same hospital three days apart. Three days apart. They were in the hospital, I believe, at the same time when at least one of them was born. And they've known one another for over 50 years. And Larry went on social media said he viewed Richard Lewis more like a brother than a friend. And Larry David is not one that's prone to over-sentimentality. Here he is arguing with Larry David on an answering machine message in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I came up here for the tape and thank you, but I... I, I... I hate doing this because you know you always you always take it the wrong way. You've taken everything the wrong way ever since I've known you. Seven years ago, I was in Paris, and I remember exactly. Forget Paris. All right, you stole my uh, outgoing message on my answering machine. What are you crazy? How long? I mean, this is. Listen, what are you nuts? I know you're ethical. Huh? I'm ethical. We don't. You know, when people steal jokes, we f-ing hate that. But I hate when people f-ing steal my outgoing messages. <laughs> you, I remember calling. You don't you, even know what you're talking about. You are you so have my main. same answering machine outgoing message, and it that's, bugs that's me. my message. You I didn't get that in message. Paris. You wrote it in Paris. I, I had that message seven years ago. F-ing years you ago. Know what? I, was, I wrote no. it seven and a half years ago. Who's he was a fixture on the talk show circuit, did the Howard Stern show many times, did the David Letterman show many times on both NBC and CBS. On the NBC version of David Letterman, he did 48 episodes. On the CBS version of David Letterman, he did nine. So in all, he did 57 episodes of David Letterman. How many people have done 57 episodes of David Letterman as a talk show? And really, it was because he was such a terrific talk show guest. Because whether he was performing material that was written for him, or he was doing stand-up, or he was just being interviewed... He had a way of communicating that was just naturally funny. Here is his very first, at least a portion of it, a portion of his very first appearance on David Letterman all the way back in 1982 on NBC. Nice to see you here. You're now living in Los Angeles and, of course, I guess, originally from New York. Is that true? It's absolutely true. And this is this is a rare trip back to the home uh, territory, huh? Oh, this is, uh, this is a treat and a half to come back. You know, there's a lot of responsibilities when you're here for like an hour and a half. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> I am trying to fit in. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like, you know, not to sound arrogant or anything, but you have, I've lived here all my life. I come back to the show and I'm going to go back and I, you know, I got a call today. I mean, a guy called me up at the hotel because, you know, you publicize where we're staying, which is great. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> This guy, this guy was angry at me for it used to be a game prisoner ball in second grade. We used to just try to it was really a sadistic game. He just tried to prisoner ball. He just kills many people on the other side. That's pretty much it. And I, he was angry at me. You know, if people harbor these little incidents in their lives. I have thousands of them. And this guy, I'm sure he's in therapy about it now, but he chose to call me. Good luck on the Letterman show. And then he says, I hated you. I hated you for that. So that's the kind of mood I'm in. Just that call happened about an hour ago. But I'm seeing everyone. You know, you friends, a lot of relatives, oh. I guess, still back here, huh? Yeah, my mom, she's, uh, I'm sure she, I don't know what time it is now. She's probably cooking now, getting ready for the, uh... <laughs> it's about a one eleven here in New York. Uh, tomorrow morning, uh, that's the only time I have for dinner. It's going to be, uh, like an 8 a.m. dinner tomorrow because I have to leave. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm just getting prepared. You know, I'm really, you know, you don't have the, I'm sure you don't have the kind of family. Well, I know you don't, but, uh, the kind of family that I'm going to be in touch with tomorrow personally. I mean, I love them. 
You never met them. I mean, they, I, they come out occasionally to L.A., but my grandfather would be there, and be like aunt and uncle's mother and all that, and Yikva, this guy's name, Yikva. It's about 80 years old, and it's a Yiddish it's name. first name? Well, you see, this is what I don't know about him. Uh, <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a Yiddish name. His name is Phil, which I feel is a sensational name. Phil? Phil. You like Phil? Phil is not bad. Yikva. It, you, no, it means killed by an avalanche in, in Yiddish. <laughs> so he really was something. I remember, and I don't know if anybody else remembers this, he used, there was this fruit juice that was big in the early 90s called Boku. And he was the pitch man for Boku. And he did these commercials for Boku, which were hysterical. And I insisted on drinking Boku just because of these commercials. And I, I don't even, I haven't seen them in 30 years, but I remember he would say something along the lines of something, no, Boku, yes. He would act out these scenes and tell a whole story about this juice, which was pretty mediocre. In only 30 seconds. And that's a real talent to be able to do that. And um, he did this sitcom with Don Rickles, which everybody hated. It bombed. I loved it. It was called Daddy Dearest, and uh, Don Rickles played his father. It lasted maybe one season. But just to see the interaction between the two of them was was just wonderful. It was hysterical. I found the chemistry between the two of them just magical. 